everyone. Welcome to NKVA Live Brave New Business. I'm Bill Darcy. It's great to be back with you all today. We hope you and your families and colleagues are all doing well. As the phase reopening of business is taking place throughout the country, we're happy to see that remodeling is starting to rev up again, especially since many consumers have been home for about well, 15 weeks now and likely noticed a lot of things around their houses that needed attention. I was interviewed earlier this week on Fox Business and spoke about the surge in sales of new homes as well as in remodeling projects. And the results also of our NKBA's revised 2020 market outlook study prepared in collaboration with John Burns Real Estate Consulting. If you haven't seen it, you can find it at nkba.org insights. Mortgage applications are up, interest rates are low, and this of course bodes well for the kitchen and bath industry since our performance is closely aligned with home building, buying and selling. Still the challenges presented by the pandemic remain. It goes without saying that it's imperative that we take proper precautions to keep our consumers and professionals safe as businesses ramp up again. So today we're talking about getting back to the job site, a tactical discussion about the prudent way to resume remodeling at homes on site and doing it safely and effectively. Our guests are Angie Hicks, Chief Customer Officer at Angie Home Services and co-founder of Angie's List, joining us from Indianapolis. Welcome, Angie. Hi. Charlie Silva, President of Silva Brothers Construction in the Boston area and a familiar face on the TV show, This Old House. Hi, Charlie. Hello. Uh, then we have designer developer and TV personality who many of you know as one of the kitchen cousins and someone who has been known to join me in taking over that DJ booth at the NKBA Bash at KBiz, our fellow New Jerseyan, John Culinary. John's new show, Design Duo, just premiered yesterday on Ellen Tube and runs on Wednesdays. So check that out. Congratulations, John, on the new show and welcome. Thank you very much, Bill. Before we begin, uh, always a little housekeeping. This online forum qualifies for a half CEU credit for NKBA certified members. And I'd like to recognize Leslie Norton, Lead AP, a 2019 design competition winner whose stunning design you see behind me today. So Angie, let's start with you. As founder of Angie's List and Chief Customer Officer of Angie Home Services, a lot of your communication is consumer facing. We understand that you've conducted some extensive research among consumers in the wake of the pandemic. So what have you learned from these surveys? And, and based on that, what can NKBA members tell their clients to do to prepare for a job before it begins? Sure, I think for a lot of remodelers, it's really about getting your project started and how do you start that conversation? A lot of times we've traditionally done those in person. You know, how can we think about doing those even virtually uh, while we can limit and do some social distancing before we're actually out there on the job? Because there's a decent amount of planning that goes in. Uh, interestingly enough, in a recent poll, nearly 90% of the consumer respondents said that they were willing to interact online for some of this front-end type of project work that needs to be done. Um, additionally, you know, when we talk about how they like to get in contact with uh, with pros, still 50% uh, love the phone. Uh, you know, there's nothing. You know, everyone likes to be able to get an immediate answer right now. The phone's great. But what's interesting is I saw that you know 18% of the respondents like to text with their contractor. Uh, and 12% are even considering video chat. So if you're thinking about adopting some new technology, there's real opportunity here, and I think consumers have interest. Uh, what in, in my conversations with pros over the last couple of months, I really find that you know the pros that are really doing well and excelling is 
are actually listening to what their customers' concerns are when it comes to safety around reentering post, you know, as we're kind of going through the COVID. Um, and safety measures are an important thing. So they're looking for social distancing, you know, across the board, these are about 70% of respondents said this was important to them. You know, safety measures such as social distancing. So talk to your clients. If you're gonna be in the kitchen, you know, how can you seal off that area if you're gonna remodel the kitchen so that the family can be in another area and that, that, that you're not interacting? And then how do you wanna hold meetings, for example, to touch base each day on how the project's going? Uh, you know, additionally, uh, extra cleaning is important to consumers as well, uh, as well as uh, as well as safety and uh, PPE that they might be wearing. So they might encourage uh, pros to wear masks, have gloves, things like that. So what I really talk to consumers about is just making sure that they are uh, talking to their contractor. Be frank on what's important to them up front, because if you lay that great foundation, the job's going to go a lot smoother. It's like meet people where they are, both from a safety perspective as well as the communication perspective. Right, so and, that, don't, that's and don't be afraid. I mean, I tell you know, I tell consumers, you know, don't be afraid to say what's important to you, because what you might actually be surprised by is how contractors are responding. We did a we did a survey. I think it was maybe three weeks after uh, after the lockdowns had started, and by that point, ninety percent of contractors were starting to put in safety measures. So it was they they've really pivoted and really are responding to this. So consumers should really ask about it and not be afraid to say what's important. Can you talk about some of the educational tools that you started to share with either contractors or homeowners, you know, about the same topic? So we, we actually, we, we have communications been going out, encouraging pros and giving them ideas for things that they can do. We've also rolled out new tools as well. So if one of the things on Angie's list, for example, you can, you can outline on your profile, what types of, uh, safety measures you're taking into in, into consideration now. Mm. So it's a real way for you to you know to really sell your service uh, in a different way. Um, we've rolled out video chat on the Home Advisor uh, platform as well, so that you can instead of having to figure out how to use FaceTime or things like that, there's an opportunity to call right through the app. Uh, so we're really working to kind of <clears throat> in, create some of these tools that will make it easier for pros and consumers to interact. That's great. So Charlie, as a successful and very active contractor, you were fortunate enough uh, to have jobs in the pipeline that really never stopped working. Uh, but the circumstances certainly surrounding the pandemic meant that you had to make some adjustments uh, to working in the client's home. So what were the first steps you took on the job site with your workers? What we did first is once we found out that we were deemed essential in, in Massachusetts to be able to keep working, because at first we thought we were not going to. So then you started thinking about you know, first it was that two week period, but fortunately we were deemed essential. And, you know, I had uh, four projects going and most of them were really just open air projects, which is a, which was great for us. But really the first thing I did was as information started rolling in for all of us and, and really trying to figure out what was gonna go on. And then, you know, as the time got extended, you know, we learned more and more. But what I really thought was the most important thing to do was to address all of my employees and then the subs after that. Number one, you know, as a business owner, it's our responsibility to protect our homeowners throughout the course of the job, what happens, but really our employees also. And this was new to all of us. So it was really important to me to have a discussion with all of them to make them, you know, not feel pressure listen, I don't care, you have to work no matter what. It was the opposite. I wanted them to feel secure that if they were, I had several guys that were a little bit older, 
one had asthma, one had a little child, and they really did not want to work not knowing all of the unknowns. So it was very important to all of them to know that more than fine to stay out, stewarding it paid for a certain amount of you know, the time, like we all, as the things happen for all of us. But, you know, their benefits continued. And, but more importantly is that they had a job to come back to, whether they came back a little early or in the time frame. So that was first and foremost for me is really to start with that. And then we, you know, went off to the subcontractors as well and, you know, found out how they were approaching things. We all know that the supply chain has been a challenge for all parts of our industry during the pandemic with, you know, typical delays from two weeks to even a few months. So how has this impacted your planning and timing uh, strategy? Uh, same thing way back, we started thinking about what might happen. And so all of the jobs coming down to far as air conditioning, plumbing, supplies, you know, everything for the jobs, windows, we wanted to make sure we were going to be ahead of the curve if we had to order anything. So for example, windows that we're ordering, we're going to take four or five weeks have gone to now six or seven weeks. So uh, everything, literally everything. And I make calls on a daily basis sometimes depending on, you know, what we need to order, but staying on top of it. So I made a phone call actually the other day and really everything in the States shipping wise has been delayed about two weeks. Product coming across borders are, are actually double that. Uh, pressure treated, for example, is very difficult to get right now. Uh, Man-made products for decking, near impossible some unless there's already supplies. So really thinking way, way ahead above normally what you would do, maybe asking architects or homeowners, you might not be thinking about, you know, that toilet you might want in the room, but really having everybody start thinking, because sometimes you can't maybe think of everything. So really have the architects involved, a designer involved, and even the homeowners, a tile selection, et cetera. Interesting. Uh, good, good information. John, so I understand you were about three quarters of the way through your own home renovation when everything just shut down. So for me, ironically, I've been at NKBA 14 years. Well, I've done a couple bathrooms during that time. We were about to embark on our first complete kitchen remodel. And, you know, why not during COVID? Um, however, at least we haven't started. So we could think through, you know, what that means. Uh, our demo starts July 15th. So for your remodel, how is that progressing? What steps did you take from both the pro side and the homeowner side to keep everyone safe? Sure, yeah, it was, um, it was quite interesting to kind of go through uh, my own home remodel, have other clients as this whole pandemic kind of went on. First and foremost, for my own self, since I was doing my own, I knew that I had to get in touch with all my subcontractors um, and something that Charlie was just saying is, you know, making sure and seeing the precautions and what they were doing. Some of them were okay to, to come and work and some were not um, specifically. Some said, Hey, look, who's going to be in your house. If that person is going to be there, we would much rather come at a time or day that no one else is going to be there if, if we can work by ourselves. And that all stems from what their employees, what we're telling them. So as a homeowner, as my own GC project manager, of course, I said, absolutely, guys, whatever we need to do to make your employees, to make you comfortable, we will get, get through that. So make, getting the, the subs here and scheduling that, that definitely took more time and more effort. Um, that wasn't something that I couldn't handle. I think the, the biggest problem was the supply chain making sure that I got the materials and things that I needed in time. Now, thank God, 
I've always been the person planning, planning, planning has been, I, I preach that nonstop. I tell that to all my clients, you know, I tell them any project you're doing, make sure everything is ordered way in advance. Thank God that I did do that because if I didn't do that, I would not be sitting in my home right now and having the project complete. I had all my orders in things just got backed up. Supply chains got backed up once, um, once that jam started to really uh, alleviate come really like May, the middle of May, I started to see flow and I got materials that I needed inside my house to finish specifically my, my kitchen. That was one of the last things I was really waiting on kitchen cabinets, appliances. Um, I already had the backsplash. I had, a, I had a couple things already here. So once that supply chain started to really open up, then I got back to work and I got my subcontractors in here scheduling them at certain times just to make sure that everybody wasn't on top of, of, of each other. And once I did that, I, I finished the, the project. So yes, it came with a lot of challenges, but I think it's having that open mind and understanding what you need to do. And even with my own private clients, with their projects, I had these talks very early on. I spoke to them saying, hey, look, normally, maybe it would take me two steps to get you a material that you need, whatever we're doing inside the house. Now it might take me four to five steps. So it's going to be more time, more effort. So if, if, if there is more hourly bills, if things are a little more expensive, just because I have to spend a lot more time than what I normally have to do on it. And most people really understood that. I, I, it wasn't something that was mind blowing. They, my, my private clients, they understood that that happened and, and that's just the way the business is right now. How about, you know, you have a young family, so keeping those guys safe in the house while this is all this chaos is yeah. going on. So how, how did you, uh, how do you, how did you deal with that? Well, from the family side and, and, and also from the contractors dealing with the family. Uh, well, the good part is all the contractors and I, th I think Angie, you touched that they all had safety precautions that they were doing. So them coming into my home, everybody had masks everybody would say, we're going to wash your hands or, or they were saying already, you know, we cleaned our hands. They were already doing that. So it, it was a very easy transition um, to make sure that I felt comfortable about that. And then once we left, everybody was very concerned about cleaning up, making sure that nothing was left around. Everyone always wore their masks. Every, whenever they were indoors, they they wore their masks. They, they, they never took them off. So I think that's a real, that's, that's something to, to say about our industry that our professionals care so much. They really care about the homeowners. They care about making them feel comfortable. And on top of it, they care about themselves. It's one thing to make sure your client's happy, but doesn't mean that you can't get something from your client also. Sure. So it goes both ways. So everybody was on the same page saying, let's social distance. Let's keep our part. If we want to have a conversation, let's just make sure it's six feet away. Maybe it's better to do it through FaceTime, over the phone, not being right next to each other. So I really, that, that was something that was kind of easy to do because the professionals were so concerned about it. That's great. And I totally agree with you. All, the, all that we're hearing is really just quick action when it comes yeah. to just uh, being mindful about what uh, protecting themselves and their customers talked a little bit about the billing uh, you know kind of what the customers need to understand so can you talk a little bit more about how you communicate about kind of time is money right up front with the client I, I told my clients I had a couple different clients uh, that that 
I took during the, the pandemic. And I think for all of us, and I'd like to hear even what the panelists say, I've never been busier. And, and honestly, I've talked to so many different people. The, the panel I just had before, same thing, different areas of the country. People say third and fourth quarter, they are looking boomtown. They, 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 on, they are literally turning people away because so many people want to remodel their homes because they're home nonstop now. And they want that place that needs to function as a multifunction uh, facility now, office, school, of course, cooking, yeah, kitchen bill, you know, you know, it's all yeah. these different things. But me having those conversations with my clients up front saying, look, I'm just going to have to put some more time into this because getting your product, talking to my subcontractors is not as easy as just boom, I can be right next to them. And, and it's, and it's in a heartbeat. They understood that. They said, look, if it takes a little more planning to make sure that everybody's safe, and then I get my product in time, then it's okay. They understood that. And having the conversation up front and just being honest is just the best way to go. Yeah, no, that's, that's great, great info. Charlie, and, and, and maybe Angie or John, you want to comment on this as well, but start with Charlie. Scheduling the tradesmen and subcontractors in a staggered way for efficiency. You know, I'm sure that's somewhat cumbersome logistically. How do you, how do you plan for the sequencing when you already have the challenge of what normally would exist without COVID, and then you add that on top of it? Well, as far as scheduling is, is stubbed, so if you have on a larger project, maybe three, four, five different subs, sometimes they're already, you know, staggered anyway. So the plumber might, you know, might be in there doing the plumbing for the bathroom, for example. And, I'm, you know, and I'm not going to generally have an electrician wiring above them. But the old days, maybe we did do that a little bit. Now we just make sure they're not, you know, the electrician is either put off a day or is it another section of the home? So, and it and really is, you know, you're monitoring this as a business owner, but there's a lot of self-monitoring going on actually now where the, the subs themselves are, are like, right, we know we're not going to be all together in a particular room. You know, we'd be in different sections of the home. And that even goes down to when they're taking a coffee break, you know, there might be more, you know, separation there opposed to all together. So you do have to, I mean, I'm not doing like a second shift, for example, right now. We haven't had to. A friend of mine that they did do that on their project because of a deadline, you know, they had some different scheduled hours. So I could see easily going to that if needed, um, but I actually haven't had to do different shifts. But we are absolutely paying attention of guys on, being on top of each other, you know, overlapped. And I think another, Charlie, bring up a good point. I think there's also about the scheduling and it's probably increasing some time or increasing some hours in the day for the consumer. And I think as businesses, we need to make sure that we're setting expectations. I think, you know, as John mentioned, consumers are understanding during this time, but making sure they, you know, they realize, hey, this typically would have been a six week remodel job, but because we've got to stagger the subcontractors or things like that, like, you know, honestly, let's plan for maybe eight or nine weeks uh, so that we can make sure that we're, you know, kind of living within that expectation. Because, you know, you know, as we all know, as working in this this industry, you know, having your kitchen remodeled or a bathroom remodeled is, a, is like the heart of your home being remodeled. And it can be a stressful time for a family to have that be done just because it's an area that they use so frequently. So the more we can kind of give them guidance on timelines and helping them understand what how the process is gonna work is certainly gonna make them feel more comfortable. Okay. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and I think most homeowners now are much more understanding to those extended timelines. They, they say, I'd rather be safe, my family's safe, you as the contractor safe, 
let's take a little extra time. And, you know, it's funny. I, I equate this. Look, I've done many TV shows. People watch. Charlie, you know how it goes. People watch TV shows. They think, oh, it's a half an hour show. They think projects, you know, <laughs> just happen yeah. like that. I, I've, said it for, I've said it for years. Um, because when you're in the industry, you know what the real timelines are. You've done so many. You understand it. Most people, if you do one, two renovations in your lifetime, that's a lot for you. Most people, it, it's, they don't go through as many as we do. For us, it's, it's like a doctor. You do surgery, up, oh, it's another surgery. No big deal. They're all laughing. You know, mm -hmm. you've been to a surgery. They're like laughing, talking, talking about where they're going later. You're like, you're going to open me up. You're all <laughs> hanging out here. Like, it's no, but that's their industry. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's, it's something they're very comfortable with. And I think us as professionals, we're very comfortable. We know the timelines. We know the, the things that are going to delay us. But we always have to remember our homeowners don't know that. It, it's something that they're just learning. So if they watch a television show, they think, oh, no big deal. It just it moves that fast. So I like to have that conversation. And, and, and having the conversation and, and hearing the, the thing I love hearing is that my clients are okay with the extended time frame because they just want to be safe. Um, and I think that's something that that's really great, um, to hear because they're, they're caring about what's going to go on and, and, and about us, about the contractors, designers, about the people that they're actually doing the work. Yeah. And just to go back on that, on the time frame being extended, like Angie said, is absolutely happens, but that also goes to really thinking about ordering things way ahead. So we're going to have some natural delays because of people working in the home but we don't need to magnify that by forgetting to order that window. Uh, and then right. and to go back on more things, one of the things I did with my employees that wanted that were going to still work, I actually gave them all bonuses per week for choosing not to be out. And, you know, once again, that goes back to them feeling, you know, that, you know, we appreciate them choosing to work and it goes a long way. How about, how about municipalities? Obviously, we're talking Boston. John Gere's all over the place. Certainly, your pros, Angie, all over the place. How have you, have you found the same uh, understanding or flexibility working with uh, building inspectors, permitting, and all that, or not? I'll go. Um, the, we definitely noticed the difference being able to go into town halls and so forth to pull permits. So a lot of them are online anyway. So there was no question there was some headaches involved pulling permits. I did have one that we were working on, but the inspectors were actually deemed essential. So they still did do inspections. They didn't want to come in homes for the most part, but they were. So some of them would even say that, you know, and you've done work for is, you know, whether you, if they, they saw the foundation going into the footings and they said, we'll take some pictures or something to show us the rest of them before. So they wouldn't come out. But our inspectional service, you know, really it was, not a smooth ride, but they still were inspecting. So we personally weren't held up because they, they still inspected. Right. John, on, on the designer side, while you were doing your remodel, um, yes. and, and as far as sampling, like seeing different service, you know, you're in COVID, now you have to try to find a finish you like or whatever. Sure. For yourself and then for your customers, um, have you found any that you like or any, any tips for, for our audience uh, about uh, samples that you, you found creative ways to look at? I, I mean, for, for me, all the companies, uh, a couple of, of my clients when I was designing some of the interiors, um, especially some, some custom furniture and things like that, um, all the companies that I reached out to to get samples 
Um, everything was very easy. It actually, they, they told us, um, you know, they said they'd never had such an influx of samples being sent out to, to designers. They said, it's, it's crazy to see how much is, is going on now. Um, but what I did was just putting together, I like taking all my design materials, putting to, together a packet. Of course, I make my, my mood boards and make them online. And then I would send the packet to my customer. It would go to their house. They would get all the different leathers and whether it was a piece of rug or a paint chip, different, different materials. Um, and they would kind of see it all in person. So it, it was, it was my mood board that I would normally present in front of you. I was able to talk through over the phone like this. So it wasn't, it wasn't too crazy. It actually worked out pretty well that I was able to send all those, all those materials out and have a zoom call explaining everything that, that, that I chose for them. Um, Angie, um, we, you talked a little bit about setting expectations with the client. Do you have any tips for our viewers about setting expectations for the way the jobs will progress? So, you know, I think helping guide them through the process, you know, similar to how John was thinking about how he was doing his design process, like tell them how it's, how things are going to happen. Like, Hey, during this phase, we can do, do things online or doing video. And during this phase, we're going to need to be in the house. So you can kind of show them how you're kind of thinking about how each chunk of the process will work. Um, and then just making sure, you know, if there's flexibility, I think one of the other things to talk about is, you know, flexibility in hours, as Charlie mentioned, you know, if, you know, understand exactly what the family's comfortable with. I mean, if they're comfortable having a crew show up at, you know, you know, 7 a.m. and be there till 7 p.m., you know, and they're working a couple of shifts, find those kind of things out from the homeowner up front because it'll certainly make, you know, your, your process and your scheduling work easier. And I think, you know, I think the important thing that Charlie mentioned as well is around ordering as much of the items up front and making them comfortable doing so uh, and making some of those decisions uh, are, are going to be important even for the, you know, even for the, you know, the coming months here, you know, I, I had to put a new dishwasher in my house, <laughs> you know, last month and I had trouble getting the one I wanted, you know, because they yeah. were, they weren't supplying. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are, these are actual real things that are happening. So it might seem like, well, don't the appliances go in last in the kitchen? Well, yeah, they do. But uh, if you can't get the one you want, you might want to get on order at the beginning of the project and wait until later on. And, and well, I just want to make, I just want to make one point, Bill, one thing just that I, I did that actually worked out great was, you know, I would curate all these samples. I would send them to my clients. And like I said, normally I'd like to do it face to face because I'd like to tell a story. It just, it makes it easier. Since I couldn't do that and they had all the samples, I then was able to go to showrooms for private sessions where, again, I would take my client with me, but I would now FaceTime them. So they'd have the sample at home with them for the, for the sofa or whatever. Yep. And I would be FaceTiming by myself in the showroom showing them the furniture. So again, the power of technology, mm -hmm. it went such a, a long way. Um, and it gave, and the, and the homeowner was happy. They said, well, I felt like I was right there with you. I okay. saw the sample. It's great. You, you were the, I was sitting in it. I, I hold my phone up. I was like, oh, look, you can see how, how much room I have. And they, they got it. They're like, well, yeah. you saved me a trip. I didn't have to drive. Right. <laughs> no. But yeah. again, that was more, you know, it was a little extra work for me, but again, we just got through it and, and it and they got the same result in the end. Right. Yeah, I think it's important to think about how you're going to really 
think about what makes your company shine. And, you know, like John's articulating here, it was like, hey, it's that interaction in that design process where I can really kind of give them a vision. You know, yeah. I think a lot of us have thought all of these things are in person. Like, you know, rethink how you can continue to articulate what makes your company special in a virtual way. So don't hang up on all those great things that you were doing, think, think creatively. I was yeah. talking to a pro not that long ago who has started doing video conferencing and his comment was like, I was doing estimating and I would be able to do maybe a couple of estimates in an afternoon and now I can do three in two hours. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, maybe I'll expand my business and I don't know that I want to go back to doing in-person estimates. So, I mean, you know, kind of think about this as kind of like, hey, are there, are there things in this process that might make my business better and might stick around even in a world post-COVID? Great advice. Let, let's go to the Q&A quickly, Ann. Um, do we have any questions for the panelists? Yes, we were talking about software, so this segues nicely. Uh, there was a question for John about what he uses for mood boards, but perhaps the panel could talk about other software. Uh, you mentioned FaceTiming, what do you use for mood, mood boards, virtual conferences, etc. I'm um, sure. For so for me, the well, there's there's two main things for for my projects uh, of scheduling and, and tasks. Um, I use an app called uh, Asana, and through Asana, I can schedule out um, a, a lot of different uh, projects that I, that I have going on. And then for my mood boards, I put together a PowerPoint uh, presentation for for my clients. Um, I like to really just um, do something that, that that's visual, shows them all the different materials, um, different images uh, with those materials incorporated into it. Again, like I said, I like to be in person and do that. But, but Angie, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You learn to adapt. And I was able, and definitely my, my media background, being able to do what I did, of course it helped me because I'm very comfortable in, in talking th through people this way. Um, so that that helped. And I think for anybody that is looking to say, okay, well, this is how things are gonna are gonna be, you have to be comfortable in this setting now. This is this, this is mandatory. This is part of our our business, and it's gonna be this way because you're always gonna have people that maybe are just nervous. They don't want to meet face to face, um, whether the pandemic is in a total outbreak or whether it's kind of subsided. I think you're, this is, this is going to be this way for quite some time. So getting used to being able to talk in these settings, present in these settings. Um, and also it's, it's interesting because you have to be able to show your enthusiasm with any project. When you're a, a contractor, you gotta, you gotta be so just, happy to do this for your client and show them this is going to be the best project. You know, we're going to clients like to see that they like to see that confidence. And if you don't show it face to face, just because you're on a camera, it's the client isn't going to want to work with you. You have to be able to show that personality through a camera and, and it's got to come across. I mean, I think Leanne's got a couple more questions. Uh, yeah, this one is actually fascinating, Bill, because we were talking about um, the approach from the pros outward. Uh, the question came in, how do you handle the homeowner who doesn't believe in COVID precautions and won't wear a mask when I'm in their home? We live in a city divided. That was the comment. Good one. Interesting. Um, I, who in the panel would like to address that? I'll take a shot, I guess. Um, I haven't had that happen, um, but if I had a customer that 
was so bold that they didn't want to wear a mask and I needed to have a meeting and they didn't want to have it on a Zoom or, or, or uh, you know, FaceTime of some kind. I don't know. I had to put some thought into it, but I mean, I guess I would just have my practice, my social distancing of six plus feet probably uh, to be in the house or maybe prefer to have that meeting outside in the open air unless we had to go in to look at a kitchen or something like that. But um, I, I actually just, I don't know, I guess I just can't imagine the customer saying, I'm not going to wear it because, you know, even if you feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I would take the approach of talking to them about why it benefits both of you and why you do it for the safety of your clients and for your employees and for yourself. Um, and and I think you'll be surprised. I mean, I've had I've had folks come into my house and I'm that's the first thing I say. I'm like, hey, would you mind wearing a mask? And I've even as the homeowner have had masks on hand. Like I've brand new masks and packages. I was like, if you don't have one, I got one here for you. Um, and and they've always obliged. So you know, I, I think part of this is just being comfortable because I. And then if you have to, I guess Charlie's right. I mean, kind of going, you know, making sure you're keeping six feet apart, thinking about being outside. I mean, you know, it, it's really important that you don't compromise your own health in the process. Great. Have time for one more, Leanne? Yes, we do. This one is for, for Charlie again. Uh, Charlie, are, because of delays of, in scheduling, are you forecasting lower profit margins even though you're busy? Um. I am not, I, I guess, you know, if you factor in, you know, I give my guys the bonus per week that comes off the profit margin. Um, I really, I'm not worried about that because it was really good and a thank you to the employees. Um, but no, as, like John said, we are, we are extremely busy. Uh, we were before we did have the hiccup of not knowing how to deal with this. So I guess it would be a dip uh, in the profit somewhat on that, but I don't forecast any um, anything to worry about. Um, but I guess I'm always of the belief anyways, when you own your own business, there aren't enough hours in the day, the week, the month, et cetera. So if you have to work, you know, you need to work always efficient anyway. And when we have this, you know, crisis that we dealing with still, you know, i actually was talking the other day and, and someone said, well, you know, I went to the local lumberyard uh in a bit you know i got there and i had to wait in line so i lost an extra hour well my response is well you should have went the night before if you could so you need to add some hours in your day somehow to make up time that you lost because once time is lost it's gone same with money if you lose a billable hour or two it's gone forever so you make up on it whether it's working on that saturday or sunday or something like that uh, Charlie, I just want to, I just want to say, uh, as a, as, uh, you know, a small business owner, yes, there are not enough hours in the day. I wish there were on top of it with kids and family and <laughs> all the rest of the wonderful things that, that, that we love. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I think our industry, it, I think it is really one of the industry that one of the industries that that's going to thrive. Um, over the next couple of quarters and going into 2021 because one, I think there's a lot of people, maybe they, they say, Hey, look, I'm not taking the vacation that, that I, I, I would have took this year. Um, you can't travel really. There's a lot of travel restrictions just in general. Um, people are home. They want to spend the money on their house. Their, their business is saying, we're not going to reopen our office. You're going to be working from home for an extended period of time, maybe for good. Um, maybe it's going to be, you know, they're going to go to the office two days a week, but they're going to be home three days a week. So 
I think this is something that we're going to see in our industry that we are going to be busy and we have to be thankful for that. Yes. Whether it's putting more hours in, going the night before, we got to be thankful because there are some industries, when you look at travel, leisure, food, hospitality, those industries are going to be hit. Um, so for our industry, I think we have to, whatever we can do, you take it. You, you, you take it right now because you don't know how long it's going to last and, and what the next, we don't know what's around the corner. We have no clue. No one's got the magic ball. And, and we all should be, you know, pushing at it really hard right now to take those jobs, get them in the pipeline, be ordering things as early and as advance as possible um, and planning our jobs as efficiently as we can because we just don't know what's around the corner. Great, great, great the advice. Other thing is, is people are thinking about what their next, uh, what their next project's going to be. I, I'm really excited about what the trends will become in the remodeling industry. As John mentioned, people are working from home. I, they were kind of shoved into it a little bit, and they're like, you know, they're working kind of here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see some of the ideas and if you're thinking about planning is kind of suggestions you might make for customers of like, hey, maybe when you think about your home office, you need room for two people or how do you think about managing sound in the office or, or things like that that we hadn't been thinking about as broadly as we are today. So I think there are a lot of ways to think creatively about how to solve this even for the long term. That's right. And, and you know yes. what? I'm sorry, they had one more thing. Sorry, Charlie. The Whenever it happens, whether it's next year, the year after, if something happens this devastating again, I think what's, what's going to help all of us is, is that we're going to be able to hit the ground running next time. It's not going to be because we're going to be able to think back what we did. And it's going to say whether it's a flu season that's really bad. You know, maybe we're going to wear masks in houses talking to people just because. So I, I do think that we're going to be much more prepared, whether you're having the extra hand sanitizer or really using that, but just being prepared next time. We're getting so many great questions. If you guys have time for one more, we just like to ask one more, Leanne. Yes, and I think it's a good way to wrap up, Bill. Um, I just got this in via text and it's to Angie. Do you have all, you spoke about laying the foundation tips at the beginning of, of the talk today. Do you have all that information in one place that we can access? Sure, we, we do. If you go to the Angie's List website, there's advice both for consumers and for pros on our site uh, that covers a lot of that content. And I think some of that stuff might even be some new stuff we're getting ready to release uh, early next week. Thank you, Angie. I mean, you know, it's funny, the adapt, John, you brought it up, Charlie and Angie, you both mentioned it, adapt, be creative. This is kind of the point of BNB, uh, Brave New Business, Friend KBA. It's like, trying to bring that uh, value to the, our members uh, about inspiration, just to do your great work. Um, just be, continue to be creative in, in that work that you do to, to work in the environment that we're in. So terrific discussion today. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you, Angie, Charlie, and John for the great advice. Thanks to all of you uh, for tuning in. A little programming note, Brave New Business will move to every other week uh, during July and August. So our next episode will be Thursday, July 9th. Special guest host, Carrie Kelly of Carrie Kelly Design Lab in Sacramento uh, will lead a discussion on living in place design with a special focus on multi-generational solutions. So deep dive into our living impacts design re uh, research released uh, last month. Please follow the NKBA me on social media and thanks again for joining us. We hope your families celebrate a safe and happy Canada Day and on the 1st and happy 4th of July as well. Bye everyone. Mm -hmm.